When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, listen, everybody, this is Steve Harvey, and I am a huge fan of the Jalen and Jacoby show. In the words of Jalen himself, undercut with the OJs, got to get the people, give people what they want. You can get it right here on Jalen and Jacoby. Jalen Rose, I'm David Jacoby. We are Jalen and Jacoby. What is it Boss that up. we do? And get the people! What they want. We will hear from Draymond Green himself about the incident that happened in practice between him and Jordan Poole, but we start with a game that all NFL fans circled on the calendar when the schedule was released, and that, of course, I'm talking about is the matchup between the Bills and the Chiefs in Kansas City, where they played into overtime in the playoffs in the best game of last season. This has everything that you want in a Sunday matchup. The Bills Mafia will be there with the Griselda representers in Kansas City cheering on that man, Josh Allen, who wants get back from what happened last year. Jalen Rose, what does Josh Allen and the Bills need to do to slow down the Kansas City Chiefs and get the win? I don't normally do this, Jacoby, but I believe this weekend before these two teams play, I might have to go back and watch that epic playoff game that they had last year. Because other than Tyreek Hill, for the most part, the main character still exists on both teams. And for the Bills, it's going to be a great opportunity as we show their offense, which is clearly dynamic with Josh Allen spreading the football around. The challenge is going to be for their defense. Yep. And as you mentioned, can you slow down Patrick Mahomes? And Travis Kelsey, he had how many touchdowns last Four. week? Four. Four. Yeah. In one game. <laughs> Right? And, and and Patrick Mahomes, for all of us to play fantasy, won me last week. Look at that. Different arm angles, lining up at receiver, tight ends lining up under center. Like, Eric Bieniemy and Andy Reid be playing games in the red zone with Patrick Mahomes. I'm looking forward to this dynamic quarterback duo and these two great teams going at it this weekend. Me too, and I do have the Bills winning this one, and I think it's because if you look at the Bills' season, they have one loss, and that one loss is a very fluky game in Miami against the Dolphins where they mismanaged the end of the first half, they mismanaged the end of the game, they missed a gimme field goal. They should have won that game. They should be undefeated going into this, and I really feel like they are motivated from that loss last season. They gave the ball back to Patrick Mahomes with 13 seconds left, Jalen Rose. 13 seconds, and he came down and tied up the game. I mean, 99.9% of the time, you win that game. And Mm -hmm. I'm glad you're showing Devontae Adams going deep against the Chiefs because 
we all know that the Bills are capable of doing that. And Von Diggs. if Devontae Adams getting out there like that, you got to watch for Diggs this weekend. I'm pretty sure you're going to be betting a lot. We got to talk about our wagers on this game. It's going to be interesting because they're going to be some big plays and guys hitting their head on the goalpost. Well, one thing I know is that we're betting for Josh Allen to run for a touchdown. Another thing I know is we're every week, every single week, Jalen and I bet on Jalen Hurts to score a touchdown. And this week I'm going to sprinkle a little bit on him scoring two touchdowns because, of course, the second biggest game this weekend is the one that your namesake, Jalen Hurts, will be involved in. And we will see him run to pay dirt as he does and win us money every single weekend. But they host the Cowboys, who have a stout defense and under Cooper Rush have not lost a game. So, Jalen, what do you expect to happen when the Cowboys head into Philly to face Jalen Hurts and the undefeated Eagles? I wish I can bet that Brandon Graham going to get a sack and boss up because that's going to happen. Big play Slay going to get a pick from Cooper Rush. That's going to happen. And the Eagles are going to remain as the only undefeated team in football. And for the Cowboys, this is borrowed money and here's why even if Dak was ready to go you don't need to put him out there because all of the pressure is on the Eagles in theory because they know that they can't not only lose to the Cowboys but lose to the Cowboys with Cooper Rush under center and the key for the Cowboys hasn't been him lighting up the scoreboard no or throwing the ball 35 40 times he's managing the game And it's good to see Pollard. It's good to see Zeke running hard and gaining yards and them managing offensively. But against the Eagles, they're going to have to score some points. Yep. See, this is going to be the game when you're going against a competition like this where Dallas is going to need to score points. But I have to say this. As much as we talk about Dallas Cowboys offense, and I know they're the glamour team in the NFL because of that star in a lot of ways. Over the years, when they've actually been really good, it's been they've been good on defense. And they are this year. And and, and their front four and, and and their linebackers and digs in the back covering and picking everything off like their defense is stout. And so that Jalen Hurts touchdown that he's gonna get this weekend, he's gonna earn it going against that front four. Absolutely. That front four is so good, but also the Eagles have arguably the best offensive line in the NFL, so this is going to be strength on strength in the trenches between those two units. I'm so excited for this game. Six and a half is a lot of points, so I might stay away from this one from that perspective, but I'm definitely betting on Jalen Hurts to run for a touchdown, and I'm going to put like $5 on him to score too because he often does. Another marquee game from this weekend is the Ravens against the shocking Giants. Jalen, I think this Giants thing is a fluke. They should have lost week one in Tennessee. They should have lost last week in London. I think this is truly a 3-2 and two or 2-3 two and three team, and I expect the Ravens to win handily against the Giants in Jersey. I do too, and I'm looking at that line. I'm comfortable with that. Me too. I'm, I'm comfortable with that. And, and the guy right there throwing the football and the guy catching it, Andrews, and you and I talked about this yesterday. We know how dynamic Lamar is and how he's going to break the bank and how he need to be flirting with 275, 3 million, 300 million all guaranteed. Can throw for the pocket. Lamar's, Lamar's been an MVP. But I want to make this about the Giants and the return of Saquon Barkley. 
and how Coach Dable is doing a good job of moving him around, lining him up in shotgun, running the ball, throwing it to him. And I really appreciate how he returned to the game after a shoulder injury and made a huge play. And Danny Dimes, I'm glad you're showing him running the football because here's what I wanted to say. One of the David best. Jacoby and I had an argument yesterday, and it's really close. We were talking about the top five rushing QBs in the NFL. And when you say Daniel Jones in that conversation, initially people were like, no, no way, no way, no way. We, we talked it out. We talked it out. And you know what? He's not top five, but he's six. He's six. <laughs> he is not top five, but he is solid number six because there are certainly five better rushing quarterbacks, but none that they rely on. To, to run and to get first downs with his legs the way the Giants do, Danny Jones. They have a chance in this one, but I am comfortable with that line just like you. You know where my money will be. Jalen, my money was on Draymond Green posting a podcast the evening of the pool incident. And I thought he would post a podcast the evening the TMZ released the video, but he has been pretty quiet. But he did talked to the media yesterday and had some very interesting comments about his contract situation, about the incident with Poole, and much more. Let's listen to Draymond Green, New Media. Draymond, the closest parallel to this this preseason situation with you and Jordan, you know, you and your relationship with KD comes to mind with what happened a few years ago. And you guys, you and KD were able to get past it. Do you, and I know you got Jordan came were really close when he got in the league. Do you think you guys will be able to get back to that point to where you guys were? I'm not sure. As I said before, that's not up to me. You know, so uh, nor do I think there's much relevance. We, we're paid to do a job, and we're going to come and do that job to the best of our ability. If you're going, if you're going to let a contract situation linger then you better be damn sure that you're willing to handle all the effects of a contract lingering um, that it can have on the team. Interesting. Those were two different statements that we edited together. One about him and Poole's relationship and them being professionals moving forward, and another about him and his contract situation where he says, if you let it linger, you have to be prepared to deal with the effects of that. Very interesting, that second statement, Jalen Rose. It seems like a little bit... He might be saying, hey, Warriors, you guys didn't take care of me. You left me hanging in this sort of lame duck year with an option for next season. Why didn't you take care of me? Because then none of this would have happened. That's how I read it. Well, the thing that Draymond put himself in position to have happen for not only this season, but in particular, as long as he and Jordan Poole are teammates, is for people to now mince all of his words. And so it's going to be important that he not only chooses unwisely, but carefully. And in this case, you don't want to come off as you just acknowledged that because the contract isn't happening or didn't take place, then that could lead to an undercurrent that has nothing to do with us getting closer to winning the fifth championship. And let me just say this. When you watch Russell Westbrook with the Lakers, and I want to parallel that, with Poole and Draymond Green. He's unhappy with LeBron, and he's unhappy with the team. You've seen a viral video of 13 or 14 guys in a huddle getting ready for the game. Russell Westbrook wasn't in that huddle. You saw Patrick Beverly try to bring four, individu- four individuals into a huddle. Russell Westbrook didn't join the huddle. 
you see his discontent playing out publicly. For Jordan Poole and Draymond Green, this is going to be so very magnified versus the Russell Westbrook situation because they're physical teammates and they're two of the top four or five guys on their team. And so every interaction that they have, whether it's a screen, whether it's a defense, whether it's a missed or a made pass or shot, we're going to be looking at how they interact with each other. And Draymond is right. It's not up to him whether they're able to see eye to eye again. And if I'm the recipient of the punch that now has become viral because we've seen the video, if you think Russell Westbrook is unhappy with the Lakers, how do you think Jordan Poole feels about Draymond Green? Probably not great. I, I know that if you punched me in the face on Tuesday, the show is not going to be the same on Wednesday. I'll tell, I'll tell you that much. The show is not going to be the same on Wednesday. And just like you mentioned, we will be looking at every high five, every made or missed shot, every time something happens between Jordan Poole and Draymond Green, and we'll be breaking it down like the Zapruder film for the rest of this season. I just hope that everything works out for this championship team and they can figure this out, get on the other side of this and start focusing on what happens in between the basketball court lines because the season is almost upon us and I can't wait for that. And I also can't wait to be joined by who in just seconds on this program, Jalen. One of the best coaches in the country has gone viral for so many things. He may be going viral this year because his team gonna be in the college football playoff. Mike Gundy joins Jalen and Jacoby next. Welcome back to Jalen and Jacoby coming to you live above the Heineken River Deck here at the Seaport in New York City. Jalen Rose, we have one of the best college coaches in all of college football joining us right now. It is Mike Gundy of Oklahoma State. Thank you so much for taking the time and joining us. Hey, I'm glad to be on with you guys, man. I see you on all the time. Y'all have never had me on. I'm fired up to be here. Well, I always say we can't go backwards in time. We don't have a time machine, but we're so happy to have you right now, especially because you are 5-0. Undefeated. Number eight in the nation. And you have a big game this weekend against another undefeated team. You play TCU. What are you telling your players to get ready for this huge game this weekend? Well, staying focused right now, there's a, there's a lot of talk about them. Um, and uh, every day matters, you know, their, their practices, drill work, every rep matters. Um, Got to stay together. Uh, try to ignore some of the outside stuff, which we all know with technology nowadays is difficult. But we've practiced well. This team has done a good job of, of competing and playing together, um, playing with poise. So hopefully we can continue that Saturday. Coach, you have one of the highest scoring teams in the nation and you're a former quarterback for your alma mater. Is that an extra sense of pride for you? And how are you generating these mismatches and scoring so many points early in the season? Well, we've been very fortunate for a number of years here. We've had uh, really good players. We've got uh, great young people in this organization. I've had um, quality coaches from start to finish. Uh, the majority of the people in this organization have been with me a long time. and. Uh, We've, uh, we've done it for a while. You know, I'm going uh, close to going into year 19 now as a head coach. So um, things are pretty established around here. And uh, our players uh, do a good job of understanding what we're trying to comprehend on offense and moving the ball. Uh, we've got a fantastic quarterback in 
Spencer Sanders that's been with us a long, long time, and uh, he understands and knows how to get the ball in the guy's hands and can score touchdowns. So I'm glad you brought up uh, Sanders because he is such a great quarterback, and what he's done with this offense so far this season has he been balling. amazing. We look forward to him continuing that success. But it often seems like, from a national standpoint, from an NFL prospect standpoint, that he gets sort of overlooked by some of the bigger-name quarterbacks. What do you think about his potential to play on Sundays moving forward? Uh, I think that he's uh, very comparable to, uh, to Russell Wilson. And I know Russell's a longtime vet. Uh, but um, they play a lot uh, in, in the same way. Um, Spencer moves around well. Um, they're both tough, highly intelligent, uh, great people. Um, from a distance, what I see when I, when I read about Russell, and um, he's a great teammate. Uh, and Spencer's been the same way. When, uh, over the years, when we've asked him to, to run it, he runs it. He's tough. He's competitive. There's not any question in my mind that uh, he's going to be in there. He's going to get an opportunity to play. He's developed so much over the years, and he's earned it. Um, his ability to maneuver, avoid the rush, run, and convert, uh, as well as had a quick release and throw the football, is going to give him a great opportunity. Hey, Coach, not only are you one of the best coaches in the country, you've had a couple of the most interesting viral moments. I appreciated <laughs> Durant. I'm a man. I'm 40. Tell me, like, your friends and family, and I know everybody that's, you know, younger than you, so to speak, walks around with the phone in their hand all of the time. So how do your loved ones respond to your viral moments like that? You know, what's interesting is uh, that's been, gosh, I don't even know how many. Well, it's been 15, 14 years ago now. Uh, it's interesting in recruiting, when I go in homes, uh, even to this day, I will have parents uh, and grandparents of the young men we're recruiting who will bring that up. And it still benefits us in recruiting to this day. Uh, and I'm killing it on Cameo right now. With <laughs> the, um, 40 year old birthdays. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it, it's the best investment I've had financially um, in, in uh, just killing it. But uh, it really helps us in recruiting. Yeah, and I think that that one clip is so well-known, but I think at the very core of it, if you watch the whole press conference, you are standing up for your players. Absolutely. You know what I mean? I like that. People talk I about that, that one sentence, but what they lose is the fact that you are there in front of the microphone standing no up doubt. for your players and supporting them and having their back. And I think that's not the virality of it, but the underlying sentiment of that moment is, I think, what really helps you in recruiting. I think people overlook that a lot. And that's true. We, we had uh, what I thought was an unfair attack on a young man that couldn't defend himself. Uh, and I was frustrated because he was trying to do everything right. Nobody wanted to make more plays than him. He just wasn't making any plays at that time. Uh, so I was his last resource, in my opinion. And so I just uh, said, look, somebody's got to stand up for this young man. And it happened to be me. I appreciate that so much. So let's talk about your conference, the Big 12, and its realignment with Texas and Oklahoma bolting for the SEC. What does this say about the conference and how do you feel about it? Well, we're in great hands right now. Uh, a year and a half ago, there was great concern about uh, the future. I felt really good about Oklahoma State, but um, honestly, there was some uncertainty with our conference, but we were very fortunate, uh, in my opinion, that this happened to us prior to what happened uh, to the Pac-12 
in that we were able to pick up four teams that can bring a lot to this conference. Uh, when you talk about BYU uh, and their, their history in football, um, and because of the church, uh, their TV audience from coast to coast, uh, Cincinnati brings in a Northeast market. They're playing really well in football right now. Central Florida brings in the Southeast market and a huge football state. And then obviously Houston's in this area and a great television market. All those teams have had really good seasons. Um, so we were fortunate that we were able to bring them in. Um, we, our new commissioner has been fantastic. Um, he's a negotiator, he's a wheeler, he's a dealer, he's a businessman. He understands. Um, I've had really good conversations with him over the last few months, uh, watched him operate. Uh, and I'm convinced uh, he's right now in the process of, of securing the Big 12 Conference with television and financial security for the next five to six years. Uh, and I'm thrilled that he's our new commissioner. It's a great point. And uh, one of the things that we always celebrate here is consistency, persistence, and longevity. And you've been a head coach there for 19 years. And I think that so many people only talk about undefeated season and national championships. No doubt. But if you think about the literally, like, I think at this point, over a thousand lives that you have touched and young student athletes that you have helped develop. And over this 19 years, I'm sure you've seen college football change a lot. And most recently with name, name, image and likeness rules. How has that affected your approach and affected the athletes themselves? I think what's really important is uh, I've been able to change with it. Um, you know, we've gone through a lot of changes here, not only in college football, but uh, across the country over the last two to three years. And some of that was a major impact. And uh, it, it helped me become a better coach uh, in dealing with these young people. Uh, we have 140 players on our team. They come from all different backgrounds, uh, different one parent, two parent, grandparents. Um, some of them come from wealthy families. Some of them come from what we would call poverty. And the transition that's gone on uh, across this country the last two or three years uh, has made me a better person and a better coach. And I've been able to sit down and listen to our players uh, and just say, hey, you know, what do you think? What's on your mind? Prior to that, my first 15 years or so, um, I was just driven by hard work. And we're going um, to be consistent. Guys are going to make plays. Coaches are going to coach. And um, it's changed. And honestly, for me, selfishly, it's, uh, there's a peace amongst um, – uh, our staff and myself and the way we're handling these young men. And I really believe this in coaching. I, I tell young coaches this, and I guess I have a right to say that now. I'm 55 years old in that um, you have to be willing to change and adapt with these young people. Uh, it's a different world out there. Uh, the technology they have in their hands carrying around a computer and the information they get is much, much different than we ever did as young people. And I would say that that's the most important aspect to consistency in college athletics today. I appreciate that growth, Coach. And young people, I always say, don't care how much we know. They, they just know how much we care. And sure. the idea now that players can profit off of their name, image, and likeness seemed inevitable. Just like expanding the college football playoff. What are your thoughts on that expansion? So it's going to happen, right? They've already voted it in. Um, I, I had concerns in uh, um, the fact that college football um, is huge. Uh, the, 
the most important thing that's happening, whether we like it or not, is the the money that's revenue through television. That's what's driving college athletics, particularly college football and athletic departments, period. Uh, we lose sight sometimes of what needs to be done for the players. Now we have NIL coming in. So it's going to be a combination of both. At some point, uh, whether it's in 26 uh, or now I'm hearing maybe 24 when they expand to 12, they will come up with a good plan, uh, in my opinion. Um, whether it will water it down some or not, that's yet to be seen. Uh, in fact, I heard uh, somebody mentioned this morning they're talking about taking the uh, March Madness from 64 to 96. Wow. Um, wow. You know, that, that's crazy. Very tournament. Um, you know, will that water that tournament down? I don't know. I'm kind of a traditionalist when it comes to those. But the point is, is um, there's a lot of money that's left on the table in a four-team playoff. So the businessmen that are driving the market are going to find a way to get that money. And, and that's where we're at right now. The good news is the players have opportunities with name, image, and likeness. And there is a lot of money out there that's left on the table uh, that the players can gather uh, over the next few years. What they need to get accomplished, whoever they is, and I'm not sure who that is anymore, is we need to have some sort of boundary that there's some um, fairness and level playing field in how we do this. Now, that's going to be a tough one because we have a right to earn a living in this country, um, but it's also still amateur athletics. So if they can come up with a, a way to um, financially help uh, our players in their name, image, and likeness and have some boundaries to keep parity across, across college football, now we'll be on the right track. Well, Coach, I have uh, one more question for you that has happened, especially over the past sort of decade, is it seems that NFL offenses are looking to college as sort of inspiration. And that's sort of been much more prevalent, I'd say, over the last 10 years. How does that feel as a college coach with such a high-powered offense that you're inspiring the offensive coordinators in the NFL and they're stealing from you? Yeah, NFL offensive coordinators and head coaches uh, have uh, they've been still in college plays for um, eight years, really. Um, six, the last five or six, you're seeing a considerable number of uh, plays that have been developed at this level um, that are in the NFL. And you're seeing a change in the type of quarterback that's playing at that level. Okay, you're, you're seeing guys that are active. Um, the Russell Wilsons of the world, uh, Lamar Jackson's of the world. Um, Mahomes of the world, um, uh, Tannehill, uh, you're seeing quarterbacks that have the ability to run but also make plays. So NFL head coaches and NFL coordinators, from what I see from a distance, they're saying we have to take advantage of this ability. Uh, we're spreading people out. There's more motion. There's a little bit quicker pace. And I think the fans want to see it. They like action. Uh, you know, when when you, uh, when you watch basketball, I watch college basketball, I want to see guys move up and down the floor. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not interested in watching guys hold the ball and shoot it with four seconds left. That doesn't do much for me. I think the same thing's going on in the NFL now with college offenses. Um, it's grabbing the attention of the fans, and the people want to turn the TV on and watch it, and that's what pays the bills. Coach, you preaching, and before you get out of here, and you're exactly right about college basketball, and I want to make a statement. It will water down the NCAA tournament having over 90 teams. I'm saying it. 
That is a terrible idea. But I know you're a busy man, I have to say. What inspired the mullet, and would you go back to it? So years ago, um, <laughs> I was traveling in the summer. I have, I have three sons, and uh, I was traveling with them playing uh, travel baseball, like I'm sure you, you did uh, travel basketball when you were in junior high and high school. I never had a chance to get over there and get my hair cut. It got kind of long. People were kind of jacking with me about it. And so um, my youngest son said, uh, hey, dude, you, you're going to have to get your hair cut because uh, it doesn't look good on social media and you're embarrassing the family, so on and so forth. And so um, I said, I'll tell you what, um, if you get yours cut, I'll get mine cut. And he said, well, I'm going to grow mine out now because you're growing yours out. And I said, well, if you get an A in this class, he was in about seventh grade then, I said, you can grow it out. I didn't think he could get an A in it. Um, <laughs> But he ended up getting an A, so he grew his out. Uh, so then he had the right to grow his out, and then I had it for a few years, and I got it cut. Um, Jalen, it's funny now. He's a senior over here in the high school. He plays quarterback and plays, uh, plays baseball. And he has – his hair is probably down to like here now. He's got wow. – uh, he, he looks like a surfer on the West Coast. Um, <laughs> but uh, So I lost the bet. You know, it is what it is. got to roll with the punches. Well, Coach, good luck to you this Best Saturday, luck, and good luck to your son on Friday. Let's get this win. Represent let's win on Friday and Saturday this weekend. Yes, let's get these Thank wins this weekend. Are, uh, Thank you. You guys are awesome, man. Have me on sometime uh, in the future. We can do it in the spring or something. We can talk about hoops. Anytime. Absolutely. And we're going to talk later this season when you get into that college football playoff. Best wishes. Got you got it, man. Let's roll. All right, let's guys. Thanks. It. Have a good one. You Thank you so much, Coach. We'll be back with more on Jalen and Jacoby right after this. We have a big game tonight getting you ready for the season. It's the preseason at 10 p.m. ESPN2. It is Nikola Jokic, the reigning MVP, against the reigning finals MVP, Steph Curry and the Warriors. Welcome back to Jalen and Jacoby. Every single day, what are we doing in this program, Jalen? Acknowledge the fact that Brittany Griner is wrongfully detained in Russia. And it's really sad to hear that she's at a poor mental state, as worse as it's been since she's been detained. So we here at Jalen and Jacoby are going to use this platform every day, even though it ain't at the bottom of the ticker, even though it ain't a headline across the news for whatever reason it should be. We're going to acknowledge we wish her a speedy, safe return to the United States. Well, I also wish a speedy, safe return to the Earth for woolly mammoths. There are headlines that the CIA, the Central Intelligence Agency, is looking to bring back woolly mammoths to the planet, Jurassic Park style. Jalen Rose, do you know what a woolly mammoth is? Are you excited about them coming back? So is that a, uh, a dinosaur? Kind of. It's kind of like a hairy elephant, kind of. Gotcha. I ain't mad at Harry. You ready for that? Let Willie Mammoth live. Yes, I want to ride a Willie Mammoth to work tomorrow. I'm riding a Willie <laughs> Mammoth to work at some point. We'll be back tomorrow on Monday, ESPN 2, 4 p.m. Way up, I feel blessed.